Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. Is that our car back there? Our car? Yeah, can you see? Hey, I think it is. Are you going to tell me what's happening? We've got to get away. From him? Yeah. But why? What does he want? He wants that. Yes, it, it is a lot. I closed off our account. And he wants to pinch it from you? Yeah. Well, why aren't we going to the police? We can't. Why not? Because the money's stolen. Good evening, and welcome to television. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Whoa. Whoa. I'm Owen Stellini, and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Staying together while we're keeping ourselves apart for lockdown number six in the state of Victoria, it's my pleasure to welcome back Kendall Richardson. Yay! I'm back. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> oh, and who would want to, Kendall? Who would want to? Oh, stop it now. Stop. <laughs> stop. It's a pleasure as always, Wayne. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. How have you been, my dear? Good. Good. Yes. Yes, very good. Continuing the journey of, of watching as many movies and TV shows as one can when they're locked down. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> I actually enjoy, I enjoy streaming films in between work. So it's nice to get away from the desk to mm. jump on the couch and watch some movies. Gosh, what a hard life, yeah? Oh, I know. <laughs> Such a hard life that somebody's got to do it. Really? I mean, yeah. you're taking one for the team there. I mean, Absolutely. I I need, need I say more? <laughs> yes. Well, look, got a lot to be grateful for. So yes. keeping things in perspective, but you make lemonade out of lemons, don't you? At least we get to watch a lot of movies. All right, Wayne, we're here for another review. Please tell us, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, today we're reviewing the Ausploitation Pursuit flick, Run Chrissy Run. Please explain. After killing an Irish Republican Army member in London, bomb expert Riley, Michael Atkins, finds himself on the run from two IRA hitmen, Terrier, Shane Bryant, and Pitt, Redmond Simons. They find him in Sydney, where Michael is pursuing German former terrorist Eve, Carmen Duncan, herself on the run with teenage daughter Chrissy, Annie Jones, and the proceeds of an old bank robbery. It isn't long until the two women are found trying to start a new life in South Australia's Barossa Valley, so they must decide to stand their ground or run. Based on Keith Leopold's 1981 novel, When We Ran, Chris Langman's theatrical directorial debut was completed in 1984, demoted to to video release in 1986, and did not premiere on Australian network television until 1988. One of a number of Ozploitation films to jump on the lucrative Mad Max franchise bandwagon. Kendall, did you run to or from Run Chrissy Run? I think I kind of slowly ambled along. <laughs> <laughs> pacing um, is everything. <laughs> pacing, 
is everything. Look, <laughs> it's interesting that this is my first Ozploitation film because I, I, I've had a taste of exploitation and that genre of cinema and obviously very different American and all of that. And here we, I feel like I kind of felt like maybe exploitation was going to be, not to say the Australian version of that, mm. but I was expecting this film to be a bit more out there, a bit more risque, a bit more artistic, a bit more in your face, a bit more this and that. Whereas Run Chrissy Run is just very run of the mill, pun not intended. Like there's not really too much to it. It's a pretty straightforward film, a straightforward story that could probably be handled a little bit better in terms of maybe going a bit deeper with some of the characters. I feel like they just kind of scratched the surface on a lot of stuff. Like I feel like the movie itself has a lot of potential to actually be a decent Australian thriller. And it's kind of half-assed, which is disappointing. But, like, I didn't hate the movie by any means. I mean, it's only 90 minutes long, but it did, the pacing, as we mentioned pacing, it did kind of drag towards the end a little bit. But, but, it, was, but it was still fine. Like, I still enjoyed watching it. I have no regrets about watching this. And, yeah, I just think I wanted a little bit more from it in certain areas. Wayne, what were your overall initial thoughts of Run, Chrissy, Run? Yeah, I love the Ozploitation film genre. And I have to say, for an Ozploitation flick, this is pretty tame. So it is okay. unfortunate that, Kendall, this is your introduction <laughs> yeah. to the genre because I don't actually think it's reflective of it. Okay. There are some elements in terms of, you know, you've got the women in peril, you've got some larger than life characters like Toe, for example, who is just angry about everything because mm-hmm. the car was hurt. Uh, you've got that yeah. scene on the side of, of the road where Eve pulls out the gun and shoots the car to pieces. So, I mean, there's moments of heightened reality like that, which are sure. typical of, of the genre. So there's flashes of it, but not really consistent. It's, Pacing was an issue for me. I felt like it sagged a little bit and then ultimately didn't really end on the bang that it should have because essentially you've really only got three villains and the final confrontation is then three on three and the threat's not there. You know, I mean, even if there are less villains than heroes, that's fine and sometimes that's even better but you then need to have the villains with more ammo or there has to be something more at stake or more of a risk or, you know, the stakes need to be higher. And I don't feel like that they were always that high. The premise itself, you're right, it's run of the mill and that's perfectly fine. And I really like almost how layered or convoluted it is because to some degree it's a convoluted plot, but not in a bad way, because I like the idea that this guy is on the run from the IRA. So then he's pursuing somebody else who's also on the run because she's got stolen money and she's got the most to lose because she's got her daughter here. And she knows that the guy chasing her is the girl's father, but nobody else knows that. So there's a lot of stuff here to play with 
But like you said, Kendall, it doesn't really do much with it. It's got potential. There's so much great potential Mm -hmm. here. So I imagine the novel upon which this is based is a ripper of a read (laughs) because I think they're the bones. It's going to be fully explored in the text. It doesn't translate well to screen. So I don't know if it's because of budget. The budget was 1.6 million. Okay. I don't know if while making it, they were like, oh, hang on, this isn't going to be theatrically released. So we need to tame it for the video market or for the TV market. Like, I don't know, that could have been a thing as well, but it doesn't go where it possibly could have gone. And as a result, you've got these subplots that don't really go anywhere. For example, there's some lovely moments that Chrissy has with her new friend in South Australia, Paul, you know, falls off the the motorbike and there's a blossoming romance there. There's then also a blossoming romance, we think, between Eve and Paul's father. But then that just gets disregarded because nothing eventuates because then she, I guess, really falls in love again with Riley, maybe because that ends on this kind of really cheesy <laughs> moment, which is fine. Again, you know, you, you get moments like that. <laughs> it's kind of cute. <laughs> Even though I felt like it hinted that not all the baddies were dead and buried. So I was mm. expecting maybe something like a, a jump scare at the end or something, but again, did not happen. Don't know if they wanted to leave it open for a sequel. Mm. Not too sure. But yeah, it, it's it's the sort of movie that leaves you begging for more and not because yeah. it's exceptional and you want too much of a good thing, but it's because it doesn't really give you anything <laughs> except yeah. the idea of what could have been. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's not a horrendous movie. I wasn't bored through it really, I don't think. Yeah, it kind of, it kept my attention all the way through. But it didn't really do much more for me other than that. <laughs> yeah. We've got some talent here, a lot of familiar faces in terms of Australian TV. They do well enough, I think, with the material that they're given. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't particularly sold with Carmen Duncan's German, and I use that term loosely, accent. <laughs> it was really confusing as to what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is she Australian? She is, yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm. It was yeah. an interesting accent because I, I thought maybe she was European but just couldn't really nail the German bit, but she kind of, yeah, if she's Australian, I'm like, oh, I don't know what the hell she was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't, quite, it didn't quite work, but I do have to say that once I knew that she was German, I then convinced myself that she was German and the accent wasn't a problem. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's why it worked a bit... A little bit better for me, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, yeah. It took me a while to settle into it, but it was fine. <laughs> I do have to say, I really liked Annie Jones as her daughter, Chrissy. Annie Jones has been a staple on Australian TV in the 80s and 90s, especially. And this was her very first acting role on TV. She'd done some modelling beforehand. And I think as a debut, I thought she did really well. I thought she was quite sweet. And... I think the script lets her down because, especially Mm. when you have a film titled Run, Chrissy, Run, 
Mm. You kind of expect Chrissy to be the main source of danger. That yep. That's where the tension's going to be. And at the very least, you would expect her to run at least once. Yep. <laughs> Did not run. No. 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 <laughs> no. False advertising. I yeah, mean. absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Me I love too. the title of this mm. movie. I think it's fantastic. It is so suited to this True. Genre. I love it. True. But that's it. <laughs> Not, yeah, it's literally, it's literally a title and name only, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because, because, like, I w- would love to know why they decided to change the name from the book yeah. to this, and for them to pick this title when it really doesn't, you know, it's more like Run Eve Run. But <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, but even then, I just. I feel like even Why We Ran is a shit title. Um, well, I'm presuming in the novel they run. <laughs> yeah. They you know probably what? actually just running. Well, yeah, but you know what, Kendall? It is essentially, right, a chase movie. Yeah. Because you've got so many pursuits going on. Mm-hmm. Again, the premise is great. Yeah. But for a pursuit film, everyone's walking, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's you know, true. Um, we had some yeah. great tension in the first act when Eve's taken the money, slips out the back of the bank, gets into the car. And I love the foreshadowing that there's going to be car troubles because her mate tells her, make sure you do this or that because it chokes or whatever it is. And we're like, oh, cool. That's going to have some tension there. You know, it starts off pretty well. And mm. Riley chasing Eve on the road and everything. I, there are moments that are really, really good. But one of the things that actually I noticed that I've just gone, Riley, you're an idiot and I can't believe you're falling for what Eve is doing to you. <laughs> She's got the bag, right? Oh, the, the, the little briefcase, right? To put yeah. in the And so mm-hmm. she comes out like the case has got money and he's like, yep. She does this wonderful motion like, oh, forgot my handbag. And she yeah. leaves the case there unattended to then slip away, which is fine. Except if I'm Riley, straight away, alarm bells are going off in my head. I'm like, why should you just leave on that money sitting there? Like, and why aren't I grabbing it? <laughs> it's just. Why am I just standing here looking sus as fuck watching this case and not going for it? I get it. Maybe she was like, I need to take the case. You know, if I take the case, he's going to think I'm running away. So I'm going to leave it. So he doesn't know I'm running away. But that's just too much thinking. And I'm not watching an exploitation movie to think too deeply. For me, it just felt really silly. And it made him look stupid. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. I was just like, dude, as if she would leave a case full of money just sitting there in, yeah. in the bank. It's like, no. Uh, shouldn't you have an idea that something is up? You would think so. I mean, it's curious too, unless this, I don't know if this is some implied backstory that maybe has something to do with Michael's decision not to panic or anything, but I kind of got the feeling that either Eve either worked at the bank or she was close with the staff at Mm. the bank because she seemed to have a good rapport with the gentleman she spoke to first and then again with the, the lovely lady who ends up selling her car to her. They seem to have kind of a friendship almost. The guy at the bank almost scolds Eve for being late. So I felt like yeah, worked there. Yeah, I, I really did get that 
did get that vibe. So maybe Riley was just trusting of that fact, maybe. And that's why he just let it sit there and was like, oh no, she'll come back. Mm. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But I also kind of got the feeling that Eve is just kind of very manipulative throughout this film. Yeah. Okay. Like a little, a little bit, just because I really wanted to understand a bit more behind her reasoning of running from Riley, because I don't think the movie does a very good job of really communicating it especially when it comes to the third act when they're reunited and then immediately she's she's on the trying to sweep him off his feet sort of tact again which she did earlier in the film and it was just it was just weird and inconsistent the tone of it as well just because like at first when Riley shows up it's super sinister right Mm. there's a lot of tension going on like I was legit scared for her i'm like what is this man what is he going to do you know he's come from all the way from ireland and uh, and he's here now and like what's you know what's going to happen he's in danger but then you know we learn that there's a, a history between them and a romance between them so then it goes from being this very tense moment to just this kind of oh that's nice you know they're getting it on that's you know good for them better than violence and then, yeah, and then first chance she gets, she's like, no, nah, I'm off and away. And I understood why she did in terms of, oh, you know, if I'm with Riley, I'm more likely in danger than if it's just me and Chrissy. Mm. And I, part of me gets that. But yeah. then f- for her to just end up with him at the movie anyway, it didn't connect for me. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like the film needed to establish the dynamics between these characters a bit more. Yeah. Even if the movie was half an hour longer or they took out some of the fluff and made the pacing a bit punchier so then they could have room to develop these characters because essentially we don't really care for them too much, I feel. I mean, we're on Riley's side to a degree because for somebody who sets off bombs and kills people, he still has this moral code because that's what gets him in trouble to begin with by refusing mm. to kill a child. So at least we know for someone who blows up people, he's not a complete monster, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to understand the political nature of the troubles to understand that whole dynamic with the IRA and, and his role with them and so forth. So, I mean, yeah. and again, look, if you're watching this movie when it was released, you know that because that's current news. It's on the news every yeah. single night. So for me, he wasn't a villain for being somebody who blew people up for a living because I understood how he fit into that political climate. And again, yeah. they reiterate him that, look, he's, he's not a bad bomb maker and bomb detonator because he won't kill a child. So that's okay. We like him. And so when he then meets up with Eve, you're right, there is some tension, but it's not brought out that there's tension because she's fearful not of him, but maybe what he represents. For example, I would have liked her to have been more scared that, well, if Riley is here, if he's found me here, then that means someone else might be looking for me or somebody is following him. Because Mm -hmm. if he's breaking my cover, so to speak, that has to be serious, but you don't get any of that. It is tense, correct, because we don't really know if he's a good guy or a bad guy at that stage because mm. we know that Eve and Chrissy are our heroes. 
but it's a little bit mokey. And I feel like they should have spent a little bit more time delving into that backstory between them so that Mm. the rules are set. We understand Mm. how our three heroes all fit into this puzzle. And then we could go from there. And then also she ditches him at the bank. We're like, okay, Eve, we get it. We understand because we've got all of this backstory that tells us why you're so scared and why you just have to protect Chrissy and you need to run. I get that. I mean, I love the detail that her husband, her dead husband was totally fabricated. Very clever. There would have been a lot more gravity had we had some exposition at the beginning, just something to explain and didn't need to be this big speech or monologue or anything like that. It could have been with visual clues and emotions and performance and, and things like that. But the film just doesn't give you that. So you're not really starting off with an emotional investment in Eve and Chrissy. And I feel like because there are central figures, we need to be on their side all the way through. They have a sweet and open and close relationship. We've got that conversation at the beginning of the film between them and we kind of understand the relationship, but we don't really get enough of that throughout the movie as well. So I feel like the movie is never tense enough for me. It's never edge of your seat. There's some good shots. When things blow up, it always looks great. And the pursuits are good. And the third act, that confrontation, I was like, okay, this is is really good. I mean, Mm. it's a bang, but it's not really a kaboom. (laughs) Yes, well said. So... Yeah, so again, I, I mean, I, I think I'm just going to keep repeating potential, potential, potential for this movie. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be the key takeaway here. Yeah. Kendall, was there anything about it, any moment, line or performance that you particularly liked? Well, I mean, not to, to say I like this is bad or anything, but I liked Annie Jones's Chrissy, but I think for a slightly different reason than what you said, because... I found some of her line delivery to be hilarious. Okay. (laughs) Just, (laughs) I know it's her first film and she's just starting out and this is also a debut director. So Mm. maybe it's harder for two first timers to really agree on the way things should sound. But I just, I really like the way, like there was one comment she made during that first pursuit between Toe and his mates and even and Chrissy with the cars and everything. And then, you know, Toe and his mates nearly get taken out by that truck. And then I just love the way for some reason Chrissy's like, wow, they disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm like, no shit. You're like, what do you mean? Of course, like I run off the road. It's like, were you there? Like, I don't know. I, I just, chuckled, I chuckled. <laughs> yeah. But my favourite, my favourite part, like line that made me laugh that she said, was I mean bless bless Annie Jones I'm not I this is all in good fun I am not having a go <laughs> <laughs> look Kendall I don't but, think this is a highlight on her resume so you're okay <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed the relationship between Chrissy and Paul it was so endearing and just so charming and he was the cutest thing yeah like just so sweet on her and just I don't know very respectful and, and just kind. It was just, it was just pure. It was just nice. I really, really enjoyed that. And it was a nice kind of, I suppose, like, I don't know if ju- juxtaposition is the right phrase for this, but I it probably is. But just like the fact that, you know, we have 
so much darkness going on on one side of her life and then there's this other side of her life where she gets to kind of be normal and Mm -hmm. have this nice relationship so I really enjoyed that and I wish they had gone into it more I wish we got more of it and all of that stuff but I really loved this one moment where they're in this like barn I think is Mm -hmm. it a barn Yeah. yeah and you know he takes her up to this big window that's kind of they're silhouetted and you can Mm. see through and out into the paddocks and the the land of south australia very beautiful and then he just goes this is it and she's like what and he says my spot (laughs) oh like she's so (laughs) dejected by it and then she goes on to say oh it's great but like not even that enthusiastically and i was just what what do you mean? <laughs> Look, they make a point of establishing that Chrissy's a virgin, so I think yeah. it's showing that she doesn't have any experience talking to boys at all. So maybe okay. that's where they're going with it. And that makes sense. I can, that, I can accept that. She's got no idea how to talk to them. That makes a lot of sense. She nails the awkward team, doesn't she? <laughs> does anything i will give i'll give annie jones that she really does come and nail chrissy's awkwardness you know and i yeah but i just loved that exchange i just thought it was hilarious i also did enjoy this thing in the background that was happening that would have been nice if there'd be more to it but when toe takes all of pitt's medicine Mm. and he just kind of zonks the hell out yeah and he just he's just in the background of certain scenes nearly you feel like he's going to overdose or something. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's quite, quite amusing. I really kind of liked him as just the, an addition to this story. Just the fact that he's just this random kind of sort of gang leader, maybe, you know, he's got his boys that are, you know, they're all a bunch of punks. And I love that you mentioned Mad Max in the, mm-hmm. in the, the intro, Wayne, because that was kind of the vibe I was getting like, when you have that scene of the two cars going down the road and, you, you know, these punks yeah. are chasing the women and it just, it just did kind of have this kind of Mad Max feel to it. And it has to be because it was such a huge thing, obviously. And he's named after Toe Cutter. Oh, is he? Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a beautiful homage, but yeah, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed Pretty him. Pretty creepy though, wasn't he? Like such a... He was, Yeah. He was just so yeah. obsessed with the way he was obsessed with Chrissy and just, I just want to touch her. And he's got that, yeah. that scene where he goes into her room and licks her. Yeah, I didn't like, like that. Dude, I mean, I think he's a, he's, he's very cartoonish. But again, for the film that he's in, for the genre that it is a part of, that's the type of characters you have. Like out of everyone, right. he feels like he's the most exploitation character in this movie. That's kind of, that's not, I'm not surprised to hear that. That's, that's, yeah. That is kind of how I, I feel as well. Like as much as I love him being a part of this, he also does feel like he's from a very different story. Mm. Like he's been plucked and put down and he does kind of like, he, you're right. He's very cartoonish and he does kind of, for me, he goes between being this cartoonish comedic relief almost in scenes mm. to being this really unsettling kind of obsessed guy like stalkerish almost like just it's kind of it's very uncomfortable watching the way he's fawning over Chrissy especially but over both of them really yeah there's this weird imbalance with toe throughout the film but he did have there were a few moments in there when I was able to put the weirdness aside and kind of just enjoy enjoy him as a presence on the screen 
I was glad that Riley ended up kind of, not that he was never not a good guy, but, mm. you know, he was kind of an antagonist for most of the film because yeah. he's, you know, ch- chasing after the girls. But at the end, the way that they kind of reunited, even though I was not sold entirely on the relationship thing, but that's fine. But just the way that Riley kind of feel this heroic role in the movie. Like I just, I don't know, I thought he's got a very likable, likable face. I think Michael Atkins, he's a very great screen presence. And yeah. And I really, I really responded to him quite positively. So it, but it was nice just the way that they kind of teamed up to stop the bad guys at the end was, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Wayne, were there any favorite moments, performances, lines you'd like to mention? Yeah. For me, it was the Chrissy and Paul relationship. I thought was really cute. I really liked that one. I would have liked more of it. Yeah. I would have liked just Paul being an outsider to this conflict adds the tension. It adds the stakes. I mean, there's a potential there to use him because we know he's got a motorbike. Like how great if that was used in the finale, not necessarily to come to Chrissy's rescue or anything like that, but at least to be some sort of obstruction to our villains or something. So untapped potential. Here I go again. (laughs) You know? Yeah what they do do with Christian Paul is really sweet and it does leave us wanting more. And I found the awkwardness between them really cute. And he, yeah, he was, a, he was lovely. He was quite a refreshing presence and depiction of masculinity. I think <laughs> actually quite nice. Definitely. To see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially someone so young, which is good. It means yes, the future mm. is in good hands. <laughs> yes. In terms of moments, even though I was ragging on it, before I did like the bank sequence. I thought it was kind of, I thought it was well paced because okay. I think yeah. whilst I did have issues with the case being left out and just abandoned, despite supposedly supposed to have money in there, I like the way that bubbles along. I think that builds on tension and just the escape from the office and Riley's got his back to them. I think that that's done really well. And then the chase that follows that. So I, for example, in terms of intense sequences, for lack of a better phrase, that achieved tension a lot better than the third act for me. Yep. I'll agree with you there. Yeah. I do like the final confrontation. A car gets blown up. Always, always a good thing. Mm. So, I like, I, and I'm not going to say that the third act is horrible. It's got a lot of good things in it, but I feel like the film starts out pretty well, and then it suffers from pacing, lack of character development, and depth, yep. and mm-hmm. a so-so third act. So, in saying that, yeah, I have to say that the whole bank sequence was was really good. And look, whenever the cars are chasing each other, it was fun. I think they were well shot, well edited, despite Chrissy's lines and observations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Kendall, how are you going to sum up Run, Chrissy, Run and a score out of five? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how can one sum this movie up? <laughs> without repeating the phrase wasted potential too many times. (laughs) Look, I don't know. Again, I will just say that I did enjoy watching this. Like it's an enjoyable watching experience. If you're just in for some harmless popcorn fun, really, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's a good time, not a perfect time by any stretch, but still enjoyable. So I wouldn't not recommend this film to people. 
and especially if you know you're you're after something that's Aussie and 80s like this is it that ticks those boxes it's just a shame that we could have had a much better film had things been explored better had we gone deeper into the history between characters between or just just with the characters themselves have a bit a bit more time spent with certain relationships with characters you know and just change up the pacing of certain scenes the third act of the film I really liked Mm -hmm. I mean it wasn't perfect and I found it interesting because there's this one thing that kind of stuck with me which was the music because this film has a really nice score it's a very 80s score Mm. but it, it is nice and there's this piano thing that kind of theme recurs throughout the film and when we're setting the scene for our final shootout our heroes against the villains the piano theme is playing in the background and it's not really a music that inspires tension. Hmm. It doesn't inspire dread or impending doom or just the just how intense the situation was. I feel like the music should have been something a bit more just something to put you on the edge of your seat because that's where we should be at this moment. Like you've yeah. spent this entire film, these women have been on the run, Riley's on the run, like it's all this and that and now we're finally no more running it's we get through this or we die you know sort of thing and I just I I feel like they could have done a lot better with kind of just really communicating to the audience and just building and creating the tension of those Mm. moments I did think it was interesting that they decided to show (laughs) Toe as being alive and I'm like oh okay are we gonna get a sequel but you know obviously that didn't happen but that was Shame, yeah. <laughs> Shame. No, but yeah, that was that was an interesting choice. Part of me, as a as a fan of the great Red Simons, <laughs> it was nice to see him in this. And it was, you know, it was a shame that, you know, it's pretty much communicated that he dies in that explosion in the yeah. car, right? Yeah, yeah, it gets blown up. Yeah, even though we technically don't see him die no. so mm, no, he's, i'm pretty sure he's dead it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but it would be nice it'd be nice if he was still alive because i like him <laughs> and he was good in this too i didn't really mention him but he i thought i enjoyed the kind of mm. bits of comic relief that he provided as well didn't find him to be the most intimidating character in the film I think Terrier takes the cake there he was great but yeah so I, I don't really know what else to say like it's 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 not a very I'm glad that I was right about it this is not very Ausploitation mm. at all it's very Ausploitation light based on what you've said and based on my just I don't know general understanding of cinema yeah <laughs> which is a shame it's just I was excited to kind of I mean, after the last film, I was bracing myself for anything, really. So (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a shame that it kind of, you know, again, was just a film that is fine, is serviceable, is enjoyable, but just falls short of the mark across the board, I think, which is a shame. So if I'm going to give it a score out of five, I think I might land on a two and a half. Wayne... Your final thoughts, please, and a score out of five. Yeah. I mean, one thing about Run, Chrissy, Run is that we can all agree that it doesn't fulfill the potential that's clearly in the source material. There's a good movie here, but it was left on the page. It didn't quite translate 
to the screen. There's plot lines and characters that aren't developed and subplots that don't go anywhere. Motivations aren't always clear. But for a pursuit movie, there needs to be consistent tension. Even when things might calm down a little bit, which sometimes we get in thrillers and and chase movies, we've got that little Mm -hmm. reprieve we're always aware that there's still this underlying threat somewhere. We don't really get that in this movie. And I think that the pacing is the main thing that lets it down. And I like that you did mention the score as well. doesn't quite support the intensity Mm. that the story should have. Nope. In saying that, it's not a horrible movie. I was never really bored with it. Disappointed, yes, <laughs> but but not bored. My eyes were always on the screen. I felt like that the characters were accessible enough. Look, it had my engagement, if not always my interest. <laughs> so it is a middle-of-the-road movie for me, so I give it two and a half as well. <laughs> nice. Very well said. <laughs> so... Kendall, tell me that you streamed something a bit more enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been watching in lockdown? Yes, well, I have a perfect lockdown film to recommend because if there's one genre of film that people need right now, it's a feel-good movie. Mm -hmm. And what better movie could I recommend than the recently released Everybody's Talking About Jamie? I saw this yesterday. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> Go for it. I hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't steal your recommendation. No, no. No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, I'm waiting for that day to happen, though. Every time I'm like, I wonder if Wayne, because we have the same taste almost. We do. So I we wonder. Do. <laughs> but, yes, everybody's talking about Jamie. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. It was something that I was looking forward to watching as soon as I saw the trailer. It's just, it's just wholesome, pure, fun, musical. You've got a stunning lead performance from Max Harwood, who plays Jamie. He's just a presence to be reckoned with. I really loved him in this film. And it's based on a true story as well, Mm -hmm. which I think is just wonderful about this wonderful boy who just dreams of sometimes being a girl. And wants to one day strut the stage as a, a drag queen. And it's just, it's told lovely and beautifully set in this lovely English town. And just, I love the accents going on. Mm-hmm. They're just wonderful. And, and yeah, and I really like Sarah Lancashire as Jamie's mum. Mm-hmm. Stunning performance from her. And of course, I could not go past Richard E. Grant. Yeah, <laughs> he I mean he's great in everything he does but yeah I really I really enjoyed this just lovely wise drag queen of old Hugo that he played yeah so there's just there's just so much to love about this film I really couldn't recommend it higher enough and the songs are catchy as well I had them stuck in my head for hours afterwards so if you are looking to find everybody's talking about Jamie you can cash it on Amazon Prime right now, and I would give it a four out of five. Hmm. I was also streaming on Amazon Prime, <laughs> Kendall, yes. but I finally got round to watching 2020's slasher comedy Freaky. 
And ah, I watched this recently too. Actually. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We we spend way too much time together <laughs> online <laughs> reviewing movies. Keeping uh, ourselves together while we're staying apart. <laughs> we absolutely are. We don't even need to communicate what we're going to watch. We're still watching no. movies yeah. together. Plus. <laughs> yeah. I'd really wanted to see this when, when this movie came out, but just 2020 mm. was not the year <laughs> to go to the no. cinema. <laughs> no, sadly. At all. I think I only went to the cinema twice uh, in 2020 and both good experiences. So at least they were positive. But Freaky is so much fun. I think if you love horror movies, you love what this does with it. It takes that gorgeous Freaky Friday body swap and has fun with it within the conventions of a slasher. And you know what? There aren't a lot of kills in this movie, but they're done so well. The ones that we do Mm. have, the practical effects look great. Yeah. There's gorgeous humor throughout Vince Vaughn, I am in love with you as always. And <laughs> it's just gorgeous, gorgeous characters. I love it when the teens are running away from the killer and one of them says, you're black, I'm gay, we're dead. Yes. <laughs> love that yeah, so much. Such a good line, isn't it? <laughs> it? Oh, my God. That was my favourite line. And I know I've just butchered yeah. it and haven't quoted it verbatim, but, you know, we'll get the gist of what I was saying. But I just love that it just, <laughs> it owns the genre stereotypes. So it's a movie that had a lot of fun with the genre that it was a part of, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really enjoyable. I, I'm going to be generous and I'll give it four stars. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So, Kendall, it looks like that we've got a lot more time to be streaming and reviewing movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've got to fill in those lockdown hours. We do. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to the next movie that you and I will review together. And I hope that I can redeem myself to you. <laughs> <laughs> the movies that I put on Fred watch. So watch this space. (laughs) There we go. Yes. Fingers crossed. (laughs) So until then, I've been a Wayne Stellini. And I've been a Kendall Richardson. And you've just experienced Fred watch. Cue the music. And scene. We did a short but sweet. <laughs> short but sweet. Not too bad. I imagine with the edits, it'll probably come down to like 45 minutes. Yeah. Blooper reel. You make lemonade out of lemons, don't you? At least we get to watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And as we discovered last time, we broaden our nets wide and... <laughs> You know, sometimes very you, wide. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you get fish, and the other times you get a rusted old boot. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that made absolutely no sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I. Oh, I know, I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, do I know what you meant? Would you like to prompt me, Kendall?
shit. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I would, it would be my honor to prompt you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> cool. After killing an Irish Republican Army member in London, bomb expert Riley, Michael Atkins, finds himself on the run from two IRA. <laughs> we'll go again. <laughs> it isn't long until the two women are found. St- it isn't long until the two women are found starting a new life in South Australia's Barossa Valley. So they must decide. Oh, until they're found. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. It always makes sense in my head. Yeah. <laughs> also, is it Barossa or Barossa? Yeah, it is Barossa, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think I think they said Barossa in the film. I oh, think. beautiful! Thank you. <clears throat> That's okay. Barossa. Barossa. It isn't long until the two women are found trying to start a new life in South Australia's Barossa Valley. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, South Australia's Bar- Barossa Valley. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes, Queen. <laughs> Based on Keith Leopold's 1981 novel, When We Ran, Chris Langham's theatrical director. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, my- take your time. I'm just going to have my tea. <laughs> yeah, you have your tea. You have just- your tea, darling. Do you know what? At this stage, our blooper reel is going to be longer than the bloody review. <laughs> Like, I kind of felt like maybe Ausploitation was going to be, not not to say the American, sorry, (laughs) let me start that again. So I imagine that the novel upon which is that, so I imagine that the novel upon which the, (laughs) you got this, go on. I mean, you kind of have to understand the political nature of the troubles to understand that whole dynamic with the IRA. 